Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Open Forum Wednesday and our fantasy football roundtable. We'll do that as well. Hope you are having a very good Wednesday. Uh, NFL Week 2 begins tomorrow with Minnesota at Philadelphia. Uh, the Eagles will be without three key players for that game tomorrow against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, running back, out. Cornerback James Bradbury, out. Safety Reed Blankenship, out against the Minnesota Vikings. Bradbury is in concussion protocol, and uh, Gainwell and Blankenship are dealing with rib injuries. So, also, Fletcher Cox, a defensive tackle, has a rib injury and is listed as questionable. So, again, the Eagles will be uh, somewhat shorthanded against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. All right, again, week two begins tomorrow uh, in Philly. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not sold at all on Minnesota. I told you that before the season began. I'm not sold on them based on what I saw last year, I still think Philadelphia will win this game. But I think that will impact uh, the game somewhat. It's about freaking time that the NBA finally woke up and is going to do something about load management. It has been unanimously approved by the Board of Governors that there will be tougher resting policy rules, all right, for star players to sit out the games. In my opinion, they should call this the Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr rule because they are the biggest culprits of this nonsense. Okay. It is about freaking time. The rule is going to give the league authority for discipline for missing games and et cetera, with fines totaling more than $1 million for each instance of violating the resting rules. Here's something else that I love. Okay. And we saw it last year with players like Damon Stoudemire, who shut it down towards the end of the year? Uh Uh-uh, okay? Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown when a star player stops participating in games. That means, like, for instance, Damian Lillard, okay, did not play the final 11 games. Bradley Beal shut down, did not play the final 10 games. Uh Uh-uh, can not do it. Here's something else. For teams that have more than one star player, like, for instance, you take a look at the Boston Celtics, all right? It would not be acceptable for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to both rest on the same game. Good for the NBA to finally wake the hell up and do something about this nonsense. It's about freaking time. Better late than never, all right? Better late than never. So 
Again, they ought to call it the Pop Kerr rule because they're the ones that are the biggest culprits. You could also throw the L.A. Clippers in there with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know, you're going to get paid $40 million a year. Get your butt out there and play. It's very simple. All right? It's about time. It is about time. And Adam Silver said today, quote, I mean, this is an acknowledgement that it's gotten away from us a bit, particularly, I think, when you see young, healthy players who are resting. It becomes maybe even more notion of stature around the league as opposed to absolute needed rest, or it's just part of being an NBA player that you can rest on certain days, and that's what we're trying to move away from. Again, it is about freaking time. Now, how do they determine this, okay? 25 teams and 50 players are impacted by the new rules, okay? 15 teams have multiple players who were named All-NBA or the All-Star game in the previous three seasons. So, I like that. What about the fines? All right, you get $100,000 for the first offense, $250,000 for the second offense, and $1 million more than the previous penalty for each additional fine. Good. About time. All right? About time. Adam Silver, quote, we're trying to deal with some of the most egregious examples where multiple star players, for example, healthy, healthy all out on the same night. We're letting down the fans. We're letting down our partners by doing that. Remember to Steve Kerr, all right? No more of ripping off the league. No more of stealing from the fans. No more of embarrassing the league. That's what it is. This is about Steve Kerr. Thank you, Steve. Thank you because of your absolute embarrassing decisions to rest players that the league has to have these rules that are put into place because you mismanage your players. That's really what this boils down to. Great job. That's great. I love it. Better late than never. Better late than never. All right. So back to the National Football League. I hear a lot of talk about the field at the Meadowlands and the artificial turf and that the NFLPA has come out and said, we need grass on all fields. I'm all, I'm fine with that. Okay. But here's what I'm not fine with. All right. You play at MetLife stadium. There are two teams that play on the same field. Okay. That means that there's a game there every week, sometimes twice a week. All right. You don't just play eight or nine games. No, you're playing 17 games there in a year. You play in the rain. All right. You could have a situation like this past weekend where it rained on Sunday night for the Giants game, a very sloppy field, which would have impacted the game on Monday. All right. And you can't just like resod and think everything's going to be fine for the following week. So I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. You want to put grass on the field? Go ahead and put grass. But when you get to December, okay, and the weather changes and it's frigid outside and your field is already uh, bumpy and muddy and everything else because you had a couple of games in the rain and because you have two teams playing on one field, then don't bitch and complain when you turn the TV on in December and the field looks awful. All right? That's part of the deal. Okay, and I don't want to hear players complaining 
that they're slipping and that the field is muddy and, you know, they don't have good footing like we saw in the Super Bowl last year in Arizona, which is beyond me that they grew that field, the grasp for that field for two years and players were slipping and sliding everywhere. So I don't want to hear any complaining. You can't have it both ways. You want to get rid of the artificial turf, get rid of the artificial turf. But when you get to November and December and the field is a mud pit, okay, because it's been raining for five days in a row and then it gets to be 20 degrees, all right, and you have a game on a Sunday and then another game on a Monday night because you got both the Jets and the Giants on the field, then I don't want to hear about it, okay? Not to mention there are college games that are played at MetLife Stadium as well. So you can't have it both ways. You want to get rid of the turf? Fine, get rid of the artificial turf. But do not complain, okay? Do not complain when the field is horrible in December. Can't have it both ways. All right, let's get to some phone calls, and we start with Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how are you? How you doing, Grant? Patrick, what's happening? Hello? Yeah, yeah nothing much. Listen, being at it's open, uh, first of all, I'm happy about the new rules with the NBA. Here, here. Especially with the way that uh, the Warriors uh, screwed uh, uh, New Orleans last year out of uh, two yep. dates because they sat their players. Yep. I totally agree yep. with what you're saying. Um, being at it's open uh, forum Wednesday, I did want to mention one thing. Um, let's call it. Um, Something they don't do during football games anymore. They used to always put the hang time. Whenever a punter used to come onto the field, when he used to punt the ball, you used to see like um, how many seconds the ball was up in the air. You don't see that anymore. I'm wondering yeah, the why. Uh, the, the announcers very often will mention what the hang time was, but you're right. You don't see it visually on the screen. I'm okay with that personally, but, you know, I, I, I whatever. I mean, I, I understand, but uh, the announcers many very often will – mention that but i i hear you yeah no i mean because you know you, you see like a baseball you see like exit velocity and all the other nonsense and like i wonder why you always got rid of the punt you know seconds on I the clock you know yeah i don't know patrick i, I don't have an answer for you buddy yeah that, that's why it's open forum wednesday i cope with these crazy questions you know but there, there uh, you go buddy it's all good all right hope i didn't kill your show i'll talk to you later thanks a lot bud hey. Hey, thank you, Patrick. You have a good evening. I appreciate you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks, bud. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get to uh, Trent. Hello, Trent. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I heard your comments about the standardization of the NFL fields turning to grass. I mean, that, I think, is something that really needs to be considered. You know, there's it's going to be a complete undertaking of – bringing all these fields that normally have the artificial turf, they would have to have literally greenhouses on the same, uh, you know, plot of land where they're having the, uh, the stadium. And, you know, it was, it was done many years ago when they had the World Cup, I think for the first time, it could have been back in the 90s or the early 2000s, where they used, like, uh, literal greenhouses and they would have, hexagonal shapes of these turf and they were able to fit the turf into these stadiums every night for the games and they literally it was just a complete undertaking and you know it's a I've always thought that you know with the injuries that happened last year with uh, the Bengals and Bills game and and the quarterback from the Dolphins and then Aaron Rodgers last Monday night you know there's 
I don't know. It's it's really sketchy, and then the Super Bowl was really muddy, and oh, it's just a complete. It's just got to be. You got to start from ground zero with that stuff. Well, you can't have it both ways, okay? If you're going to have natural grass, natural grass is compromised by the elements. So if you have natural grass and it's raining for five days in a row, and even though the field is covered, I mean, we used to go, uh, this used to be the case in Candlestick Park every year. That field in January was an absolute mess. I was standing on the field for a couple of the playoff games in January, and literally, like, your feet would get stuck in the field uh, because it was so muddy and the field was so bad. But, you know, again, you can't you can't complain. And I understand that was a long time ago and technology has changed. But like, for instance, at MetLife Stadium, you, you and they are going to have they do have grass when they have soccer there. But you, you can't just take a whole field and move it in because the stadium's not constructed like that. In Arizona, yeah. you can actually, you know, have an entire field moved in. OK, all in one piece. You can't do that at MetLife. You have to put sod down. You have to grow it. And when the field gets ruined, you have to resod it. Well, sod takes a while to grip and to, you know, yeah, become. And you, so, you know, you, again, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how the northern climates are going to have to adjust to that and, you know, how they're going to do it. Who knows? But, you know, there's been, like you said, there is uh, modernization of technology and growing turf. And you got the golf course aspect where you have Augusta National where, they literally have hot water pipes underneath the greens to keep them warm during the winter. And I mean, I remember seeing a game at Lambeau Field where the, where the, I mean, it's it's like it, it, the grass was was brown and it was just it was still workable. But I mean, it, there's just so many other climates that have to do their thing to get the to get the grass ready. So yeah, you know, at Lambeau Field to, now, the, the the field doesn't get frozen anymore at Lambeau because of what you just saying. They have uh, technology underneath the uh, turf. Uh, so it doesn't freeze, okay? And you, and, and, and you can always make the grass look good aesthetically. You you can, that that's easy to do. You can take a field that's completely brown in January and make it completely green when it's 15 yeah. below zero. That's not a big deal. The problem is the, the actual playing surface. Players, uh, the NFL is a game about speed, Trent. And let's face yeah. it, the one thing you get with artificial turf, it never impacts the speed of the game. When you have natural grass in the rain, and, and adverse weather conditions, speed is affected greatly uh, when you're playing on natural grass. And that's something that technology is not going to be able to fix. Yeah, yeah. Well, one other note, I'd like to congratulate Anita Clark, Anita Crawford Clark on her new book. And I hope she has something to say about it in this session. So thanks, Grant. Have a great show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Trent. All bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. You know, again, I'm all, I'm all for playing on natural grass. I think it's great, you know. I think it's great. And I've played on both. Uh, you know, in college, we played, in, not to compare it to football, but, in, and again, this was a long time ago and the uh, synthetic turf is different than it was back then. But, you know, for, for years, you know, at the, at, at the vet in Philadelphia, you know, the players compared it to playing on concrete, that the, the artificial surface at the vet in Philadelphia was like playing in a parking lot. That's how hard it was. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. And I remember when I played on our artificial turf in college, there were some stadiums we'd walk into. And, like, I mean, I remember walking in to the field uh, where Ohio State played and playing in the football stadium there. And the field was like a rock. So, you know, you, now it's different. I understand technology with artificial turf, but, 
you know, listen, there have been a, in a, I guess, a atypical amount of ACLs at MetLife Stadium on that turf. Okay, it's been well documented. Okay, that's fine. Get the artificial turf off. They do that for soccer there. But you have to have a process where when it gets to rain, and it does rain a lot in the Northeast at times, okay? I mean, you got hurricanes coming up the coast. You got tropical storms. And you can cover the field all you want, but the bottom line is the field is still going to get wet. All right. And when you have a game like Sunday night where the Giants and the Cowboys play, that's week one. So if you have natural grass, week one, okay, and you play on a Sunday night, and then you have a game the very next night, let's just say that MetLife Stadium was not turf right now and it was natural grass. How do you think that field would look right now after two games in 24 hours in the rain? It's not like you go, oh, gee, you know what? Um, we got two weeks before the Giants and the Jets are back because the Jets are in Dallas and the Giants are in Arizona. All right, in two weeks, we're now going to resod the field. Uh-uh, doesn't work like that. You can resod it, but you're still going to have a lot of issues. So good luck with that. Good luck. Speaking of Anita, it is great to have Anita. Now, Anita, I have a very simple rule on this show. We're not allowed to talk about the Giants and the Cowboys. We're only allowed to talk about your new book. <laughs> um, okay, I can I can sort of agree with that, but you know I, how much I love sports. Woo, I'm excited that football is back and basketball camps will be opening soon. Uh, I love September. That was a long summer. My my my. Uh, I know. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I, I did want to jump. On my, I'm on my way to the gym, but I thought I should jump on because I've been getting so much love from. Um, everyone here and also on, on you know YouTube when you're doing live there and I just wanted to jump on and just say how much I appreciate all of you you guys are the salt of the earth just appreciate you know your kindness and your your good words and your support I just want you to know how much I do and Trent thank you uh, one of the first ones to reach out to me um, on Facebook so I appreciate that but all of you have been wonderful 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 thank you well thank you tell us a little bit about the book um, yeah, so this is a book I first wrote in 1999. So um, I, you know, I went to college as an artist. And, um, you know, I really, I did fine art. So I really didn't do a lot of illustration. And it's, it's a very different type of a type of a, um, artistic style. And so uh, it was during COVID, Grant, you know, when you when, when you and Doug run the radio during COVID, I mean, talk about some of the best shows ever. You, yep. Your shows, I didn't have to mention, your shows and the guests you had on, oh my goodness, phenomenal. But it was during that time that I picked the story back up again and I um, polished it up. I was, I was off from teaching, so I had time on my hands to, you know, rework the story. I started doing some illustrations, taking some more art classes um, to train myself digitally, which was a big learning curve. Um, but I wrote the story and it's kind of based on some experiences I had as a child myself at my grandmother's house, just kind of thinking everything at her house was old, you know, old house, old trees. The street was old, the people were old, everything was old. And I just thought, you know, why is everything so old? But then, you know, I came to appreciate things that were old because if the tree doesn't live a hundred years, it doesn't get very big. You don't get those beautiful old oak trees. You know, um, new trees just don't have that same um, grandeur. 
that the old trees do. So I really wanted to write something that would help children and really everyone not only appreciate old things, but you know, people as we age to appreciate our elderly, to see them for the wisdom that they have and the experience and what we can learn from them. So that was really what the premise of the book is about. That's outstanding. For the people that are interested in uh, purchasing the book, what's the best way to go out and get it? Um, Amazon. Uh, you can either type in my name or type in the name of the book. It's called Old, L-O-L-D, Old to Joy. It is a play in the uh, song, Old to Joy, but yep. uh, it's spelled O-L-D. And yeah, the best way to get it is on Amazon. Um, and yeah, just type it in and it'll come right up. Well, you are a treasure. I'm so happy for you. And I'm very happy that you were able to find the time uh, to call the show. And I appreciate you. And I know everybody is uh, really happy for this uh, endeavor and we wish you the very best of luck. Thank you. Now, can I just ask one quick sports question? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, Grant. Um, so you, um, you were talking earlier about the, um, you know, the whole load management thing and yep. um, going, you know, I could talk football, I could talk basketball, but this question just mainly about, uh, you know, basketball, because now they have two, um, I believe, two rules in place because uh, if players don't play a certain number of games, then they're not eligible for awards. So that's Correct. hopefully the, between those two incentives, there will be a lot less um, of resting of players. And it is, it's not fair to the fans, you know, who are able to only come out to a few games um, here and there. But my question was about the Kings. So they let go of two of the, two of the sitters. They have way too many. And they decided to um, release um, uh, uh, Kata and... Um, Nerland's Noel. Noel. Yeah. Yep. And so now we have our two centers, like, you know, the two potential backup centers, you know, going into the season, they, they sign uh, Jordan Fort, which I'm really happy about. So what, what do you think of the roster now as it stands? I like the roster and I made, I did a rant on this today. I, I wouldn't be concerned with the bottom of the roster. I would only be concerned with the top 10 players. You win and lose in the NBA with your top 10 players. And I think the Kings top 10 players are out really good. I mean, I, I think you have depth at every position. You have two all-stars. You still have a young team. Uh, you, you have a team that's going to be able to outscore most teams on, on nights. I think defensively, there still is an issue, but I think the Kings are going to be better than they were last year. Now, the one thing that concerns me, Anita, is something that you and I, we, we can't know for sure, and that's injuries. The Kings had very, very few injuries, and they got very fortunate that way. But I think they're better suited this year to handle some injuries because of their depth. I think Keegan Murray is going to have an outstanding year after having one season under his belt. I really think he is going to be a tremendous player for this franchise for a long time. I think one of the key players on the roster, Anita, is Davion Mitchell because they really don't have a bona fide backup point guard and I think if he can get his game down offensively, that's going to be a big boost. They got Chris Duarte to help out in the backcourt. Uh, their backcourt to me is very solid. But uh, Davion Mitchell offensively, I think, has got to really improve. And I think if he does, this Kings team can win 50 games this year. Well, well that puts them at a higher over-under than a lot of the uh, sports outlets have them at right now. They have them winning fewer games, but we don't care what they say. Uh, but thank you, Grant. Thank you, everyone. You guys are amazing. Love you all. And uh, I'll be popping in and out a lot more now that school's back in session. Sounds great, Anita. You take care. Have a good workout. Okay, bye-bye. Great stuff from Anita. It's awesome. Old to joy.
Go to Amazon and get the book, Old to Joy. She's awesome. All right, if you want to get in on the program, raise your hand, and uh, we will be happy to do this. You know, again, when I think about the Kings, and I'm thinking about where do I see the concerns, the only area that I really see, and a concern may not even be the right word, but a question mark is the backup point guard. I just think they are very solid everywhere else, everywhere else. Uh, and I think Sasha Vesnikov is overrated. And I think fans have already put, uh, how do I want to say this? Um, their expectations of him are unreasonable and unfair. At, when I mean unfair, I, I, I think that people stereotype too often and people automatically assume because he's the MVP of Europe, he's Luka Doncic or he is this or he's that. He's not that, okay? He's not. He, You know who he is? I'll tell you who he is. He's Nemanja Bialica. If you really want to compare him to someone, compare him to Nemanja, which, by the way, Nemanja was fine, but he was a role player for all intents and purposes. Nemanja had an unbelievably high basketball IQ. This guy's not athletic. He's not going to be able to put the ball on the floor in the NBA and do what he did in Europe. He can shoot, and he can shoot very well, but he's not athletic. And the NBA is a very athletic league, and I'm not saying that he can't play because I think he can play. But, you know, I, I get messages all the time on my social media that he needs to start. And he, no, he, he doesn't need to start, and he's not going to start. And if you think he's a starter – you're really going to end up being disappointed. That's not what he is. He's a role player. Okay. Now, could I be wrong? Yeah, I could be wrong. But I don't think I am wrong here based on the people I've talked to. So I think you need to just kind of tone down a little bit with Sasha. All right. I think people are expecting way too much of him. Again, I think he'll be part of the rotation. And I think there will be some games when he helps out the team and there will be other games where you go, oh, boy, he's got a long way to go. And that's fine. You know, it's his first year in the league. So that that's my take. I, I haven't seen Chris Duarte play enough to really give you an idea on his play. You know, I thought his rookie year, and again, I only saw him play a handful of games. He was very good. Last year, he was, you know, injuries really set him back. And that's why he became expendable. So, but I listen, you have two all-stars in Fox and Sabonis. You have Keegan Murray, who is, I think, going to be even better than last year. You have, a, you have a good team. You have a good team. Again, I cannot forecast injuries, and you can't either. So we'll see. All right, if you want to talk about that, we can do so. NFL. Yeah, I, I did a rant on this. I'm tired of hearing about Josh Allen being an elite quarterback, and I had him up there for a while. He, he's not an elite quarterback anymore. He's not. Elite quarterbacks don't play the way he played on Monday night. And he did not play at an elite level last year. He made way too many mistakes last year. He turns the ball over way too much. All right. You know, if I'm going to get on Dak Prescott for his turnovers, then I'm going to get on Josh Allen for his turnovers. Okay. That's just the way it goes. All right. I, I'm hard on Dak Prescott. Well, I'm going to start being hard on Josh Allen. I was hard on him last year, but I'm really hard on him after what I saw on Monday night. That's not a championship caliber quarterback. You're not winning a Super Bowl 
with Josh Allen playing the way he's played the last year and on Monday night. Not happening. And, you know, good for Josh Allen to come out and put the game on his back. He said, hey, I lost the game for our team. It's on me. I'm responsible. I played horrible. Good for him. You know, but now do something about it. All right? Do something about it. I mean, his his play on Monday night was horrible. He's the reason why the Bills lost the game. There's no other reason why the Bills lost the game. He's the reason. Plain and simple. They lost the game. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Game. All right. If you want to do a fantasy football roundtable, uh, the first person that asks a roundtable question, we will then uh, pick it up. Dorian, how are you? Grant, I'm doing so awesome, man. Getting one day, uh, one day closer to Kings basketball. I wanted yep. to ask Grant. Um, I know we talked about this, or you talked about this before, about Team USA basketball and and their their recent kind of uh, you know, getting fourth place, I believe, in the FIBA World Cup. I want to say embarrassing, embarrassing. Yeah, I know, I know. You you know, somebody asked you. I think I, I can't remember if it was on your YouTube live or here on Listen app, and you mentioned that you don't really care about it. For I don't. What, what would you say to, to fans like, you know, really big basketball fans that follow, you know, that are really patriotic and follow, you know, USA stuff? What would, what would you say to them? Like, what are your thoughts on them losing and getting fourth place in this, in this FIBA World Cup? Well, first of all, I think it's great that fans support the country and are patriotic and want to watch the U.S. in all sports. I think that's great. I don't have enough, I don't have enough time on my menu to fit in uh, summer league basketball in the World Cup. Sure. When when the United States goes into it with a degree of arrogance and, you know, because they're the USA, they're just going to win. And I, I just, you know, I, I, here's the deal. The United States does not take it seriously if it's a non-Olympic year. Why should I take it seriously? If sure. the players aren't going to take it seriously and a lot of the players aren't going to play, then why should I invest my time into it? I'll invest my time into Olympic basketball. And, you know, again, the arrogance of the uh, the players. I've already read, because the uh, United States just lost, I'm looking at all the players that have said they will play on Team USA next year. Well, you know, that's garbage. You know, what What about this year? You don't care? Uh, the rest of the world cares. I can tell you this, Serbia cares, okay? Canada cares. Germany cares. France cares. Spain cares. The rest of the world cares, but the USA doesn't care. If they don't care about non-Olympic years, why should I care? But even with that said, for the United States – all right, to be in the Philippines and not win a medal, okay, is embarrassing. And here's the other aspect. If you're not going to care, then send your college kids over there. I'd much rather watch the college stars go play in the FIBA World Cup in non-Olympic years than NBA players. Seriously, that's where I'm at. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I know there was, uh, I, I think Darren Fox had said, I, I, I'm not sure if, if, he, if he's quoted or if he actually said this, but I saw a social media post about him inquiring about him being interested in playing yeah. for next year. Is that correct? Yes, he is interested in playing next year. And listen, I understand why Darren Fox may not have been interested this year. He's a new dad. You know, I mean, I get that. Uh, you know, he just, he and his wife just had a baby and I understand that. I understand why he would not want to go and play this year. And I'm fine with that because, you know, the, the basketball season was long and, you know, at, at some point you got to be a dad and you got to be a husband. So I'm okay with that. But um, next year, listen, here, here's the deal. And I think this is not an arrogant comment by me. We all know that the United States has the best basketball in the world. We get that. Okay. Yeah. But if you're going to, if you're going to participate in a world event, then go out and try to win it and participate with, with some vigor and some pizzazz. I didn't see that based on what I'm reading from Team USA. It's just, it's, come on, you lose to Germany? Come on, you lost to Germany? Really? You lost to Germany? Come on now. Yeah, I would agree. Just want to get your thoughts, Grant. And one last question, Grant. I, I saw, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really follow sports besides the Kings, although I'm getting a little bit more interested kind of back into uh, watching a little bit and becoming a little bit more up to date. But I saw this really powerful kind of, uh, um, somebody put it on social media, he was a Buffalo here. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. And basically my question is there's with, you know, sports have this sports has this great power of bringing people together, fans together from different ethnicities, genders, age groups. And basically what he was saying is on his, in his, in his social media post, he was saying, is like, man, I have to subscribe to YouTube TV, to Amazon prime, to Peacock, to direct TV, in order for me to watch a game of a fan of the Buffalo Bills that I've been with for the whole life. What, what, what do you think is, you know, and that kind of sucks, you know, for someone that has supported a team for so long his, his, for his, his whole life. Why do you think this has become such a problem? And what do you think is the solution for, you know, because there's, you know, everything is. Well, Dorian, you know what, when I was a kid, gas was 25 cents a gallon. It's now yeah. $5 a gallon. Okay. I mean, prices go up, the cost of doing business goes up. And yeah. the reality is that all of pro sports is going this way, Dorian. Fans, yeah. this is the tip of the iceberg. If you're going to watch a game, you're going to have to pay for it. And if you want to watch a game out of market in the National Football League, you're going to have to go into your wallet and you're going to have to pay for it. And that's yeah. the reality. And the same thing, Dorian, is going to happen in other sports. You just wait. It's, it's You're going to want to watch the NBA? You got, Well, you, now if you want to watch games out of market, you have to pay for it. But you just wait. NBA playoffs, NBA finals, college basketball. You're going to be paying for a lot of stuff in the near future. This is the way the world is going. You pay for everything now. Yeah. I mean, excuse my language, but it's bullshit. I mean, it's unfair for – and I don't yeah. even watch sports like that. I just watch the Kings, and I watch Mexico soccer, really. But, like, for other people oh. that are just super into baseball, basketball, football, I mean, for them to to have to pay in order for them to watch their favorite team or to watch big games, I, it's just bullshit. And I understand – Well, Dorian, bit- Dorian, Dorian, let me ask you a question because you're you're right about that. But – you let, let's just pick out a player, pick out, um, pick out Joe Burrow. Okay. Or pick out Nick Bosa. Okay. They just signed the two richest deals in NFL history. One, the biggest in the NFL and the other, the biggest defensive contract in the history of the NFL. So teams are paying a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. The TV contracts give them a lot of money, but the cost of doing business is uh, a lot. Of and course. they know that the, the fans are going to pay to watch their product. So yeah. it's the all Dorian. It's the almighty dollar. I the NFL it. has a monopoly and they know that there are a lot of fans that are going to pay 
to watch their product. And here's the other deal. Because of fantasy football, Dorian, whereas in the past, you might have been content with just watching your team. Okay, like if I'm in the New York market and I'm a Giants fan and I'm growing up, yeah, I was a football fan. But, you know, a lot of people want to watch their team play. And at the rest of the games, you know, if you if you had to go watch, let's say, you know, the Lions play the, uh, you know, well, pick out a team. It, 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 it wasn't a big deal. But now with how many people watch fantasy or, or play fantasy football, they yeah. want to be in tune with all the games. They want to watch the games. And so the NFL is aware of that and they're they're in business to make money. And they know, Dorian, that the fans that want to that live in a city where like for me, you know, I don't root for the 49ers. I don't root for the Raiders. I don't root for the Dolphins. I root for the Giants. How do I how do I watch the Giants? I only have one way or two ways. I can go to a sports bar and I can watch it for free or I can buy the NFL ticket and I can watch it right at home on my TV or my laptop or my phone. I choose to do that because I don't like going to sports bars because it's too noisy. So Dorian, it's just the way it is. They know that people, they know that people are going to pay millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to get the NFL Sunday ticket and the league makes the money on the revenue. So yeah, it's and I understand the I almighty understand. dollar. Yeah, I'm a business owner myself. I totally understand the economics. I just I'm just kind of like, you know, talking for the people that work their ass off every day and they only have Sunday off. And with everything so expensive with fuel and food, and this is the one time you get to hang out with your kids and watch your favorite team. The well, NFL shoot. doesn't care about that. The NFL yeah. doesn't care about their families. The NFL doesn't care about their fans. If the NFL cared about their fans, they wouldn't flex a game in Green Bay or New England that was scheduled for one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday to eight fifteen at night. Okay. The, 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 if you think the NFL cares about you and what you're doing in your day off, then you're sadly mistaken because the NFL yeah. doesn't give a damn about you. They don't care whether you are with your family. They don't care about anything. You know what they care about? They care, care about, about that you are spent. That's right. They're caring that you spend money on their product. If you think the NFL for a moment cares about your time off or that you have to pay or they don't care. The, the yeah. NFL is not in the business for caring about you or me. That's not what they care about. Yeah, totally get it. Well, I just want to th- get your thoughts, Grant. I appreciate it. One day closer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. That's just the reality. That's the reality of the situation. It's the reality of pro sports. And if you think that, you know, you're paying a lot now, you haven't seen anything yet. You just wait. You just wait. That is the wave of the future. All right, let's get to Al right here. Uh, listen up. Hey, Al. What's up, Nate? How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good. I got to say, uh, you know, last week's roundtable, when I called in about my question, Brees Hall or A.J. Dillon, I went into the game, uh, the Monday night game, down nine points and had Brees going from the advice uh, I got you and uh, and Ryan was uh, in, in uh, Cody. You know, we were talking about that load management, but I guess when you've, you've run two 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 times and you get 109 yards that kid's explosive dude he's explosive yeah. yes he is he should, yes he is he should be yes a special yes, talent I can, I can understand they're worried about but yeah i'm ready to talk a little little fancy as far as if yeah, anybody let's, else. Do it. Let, let's do it and for anybody that's listening that wants to join in on the round table raise your hand and i'll put you on stage with al but go ahead al yeah i just had a for me it's like I think if anybody wants to get picked up a player who wasn't probably drafted, the kid Puka Nakua, the Rams wide receiver, I watched that game. Not, I'm telling you, Nate, this isn't like a, a – I know Seattle's 
I mean, they're not the Niners, but this kid's legitimate, man. I mean, I guess he wasn't yeah, sure. I mean, he made some catches, Nate. He went in and, and battled for the ball, and he almost missed a, a, a long touchdown. Stafford's slightly overthrew him, but if you want to pick up a free agent that's out there, and he's out there in just about every league, I have to imagine. I, I knew he, they were high on him going into the season, but I wasn't going to draft him. But now he's he's the number one waiver, one of the top waiver wires out there. But uh, I just had a I, – uh, I really made out with that Brees Hall advice uh, – from the group last last week, uh, I really say pull my pull me out for the week. So that was a and um yep. I just had a question about uh, have you heard about Jacoby Myers? Uh, I got him actually and uh, uh, late in my uh, in my draft. I know he's in concussion protocol. It's probably going to be a few days. The, the Raiders wide receiver, the young player. Yep, I have not heard an update. Uh, the, today, the injury reports came out for the uh, first time, but I know he was as of, uh, well, yeah, he is, he's still in concussion protocol, yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, for me, just starting, I, I've got uh, I've got Mike Williams, who didn't have much of a game against, uh, against the Dolphins, the Chargers wide receiver, or Tyler Lockett, who just disappeared against the Rams. I don't know what. Completely disappeared. The whole, the whole Seattle, the second half, Nate, at one point, I think the Rams, I'm watching the game. I actually came on, and it's like it's 259 yards to three in the second half. I'm taking a long time before I can't remember that kind of disparity uh, between a half, you know. But, um, you know, I just had a – those were, that was my one uh, thought. But what do you think as far as uh, Lockett, you think of bounce back against Detroit? Yes, I do. Uh, and by the way, again, if people want to help out Al and get in on this roundtable discussion, uh, I'll put you up on the stage. The latest on Myers, I'm looking it up for the Raiders, is he is still in NFL uh, concussion protocol. So, you know, there will be an update every day on him. But as of right now, uh, he is in uh, concussion protocol. And so that would I, I would have no idea as that relates uh, to the game Sunday uh, in Buffalo. Uh, and, you know, the other aspect, and you and I were talking about this with some of the other folks that joined us on the roundtable last week, is this has not been talked about enough. Everybody's talking about the field at MetLife. And what was the biggest question coming into this year? Would they be able to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy? You know, you can blame the field all you want, but Aaron Rodgers went to throw the ball twice in, in the first four snaps of the game and was pressured big time, Okay. That offensive line is going to have a lot of – you think that offensive line was having trouble against Buffalo. Wait till you see that offensive line this Sunday against Dallas with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is going to be on his back most of the game, and that's a big concern for the Jets. Yes, they were able to break off a couple of big runs, and that's fine and dandy, but their pass blocking is terrible, and I think that's going to be a season-long issue for the New York Jets. You know, along and by the way, your Giants, man, your defense. Oh my God, what's the defense supposed to do, though? I mean, come on, the, the, the Dallas. As soon as the first time De- Prescott gets on the field, he's up fourteen to nothing. How, the, the Giants, the, the defense, the defense didn't lose the game. The defense is not oh. the problem with the Giants. The problem with the Giants is their offensive line. Their entire problem is their offensive line. Their offensive line was so bad, and Evan Neal, their second-year player, couldn't block his shadow, and he's the right tackle. And that that may have been as bad of a game as I've seen an offensive lineman play. The right guard is terrible. Their rookie center is not very good. And now their their best lineman, Andrew Thomas, may be out for a while with a hamstring. 
he injured his hamstring chasing down the runner after the black kick. And so he's questionable for the game. And if the Giants don't have Thomas for any period of time, they won't win a game. They're going to have some big problems. Well, you know, it's early to, you know, to start panicking. I know it's a, it was a brutal loss for any Giants fan. Like, you're, you're a diehard. You've been there for like over 60 years. You were talking to, you know, Connor on the uh, on the YouTube uh, app about, you know, worst losses you've ever seen. And you talked about the Dallas Cowboy one, you know, the, uh, great uh, Papa's first, Bob Papa's first. Yeah, 35, 35 nothing. Emmett Smith ran wild uh, on a Monday night at the Giants. That was a. Uh, Halftime, they honored Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor. And it's the only reason why the fans stuck around is to see that. And then after the halftime, most of the fans left the stadium. Yeah. And, you know, it it was a crusher. For, and I, I felt for you because, you know, week one, you know, there's a lot of high expectations. You know, it's week one. It's a 9-11. They're having a, you know, rolling out the huge yep. flag. And, the, and then you just come out and. You know, sometimes you just got to look at. I mean, the defense held the Cowboys under two hundred to two hundred sixty-five yeah, totally. The, 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 yeah, the defense is not the issue. And again, here's the other deal: you can say it's one game, and I can say it's one game. But when you, it's how you lose the game, which right. is my biggest concern. I'm not that concerned that they lost the game. I thought they could lose the game. I'm not concerned that they lost the game. It's how they lost the game. But then, you know, I look at like last year, like just to give you an example. Last year, if you remember, the Minnesota Vikings went to Buffalo and beat the Bills in overtime. Okay. The following, the following week, they came home and I want to say they lost 41 to nothing to Dallas. Right. I mean, you're, you know, so and then Minnesota ended up winning, I think, most of their games the rest of the way. You've got to be careful not to overreact based on one game. But I would also say this about the Giants. They play Arizona this week. If they lose to the Cardinals in Arizona on Sunday, they may go 0-7 or 0-8 to start the year because then they come home. They go to San Francisco next Thursday. Then they come home and play Seattle on a Monday night. And then they have Miami. They're, they're going to have a lot of problems winning. I hate to say this, but early in the season, I don't like to say there are must-win games in the second week of the season. This is a must-win game for the Giants on Sunday. If they lose to the Cardinals, their season's over. Well, particularly with how they sh- how they show how they didn't show up, that that's where yep. it makes you even more emphasis on that. And my Rams, you know, and I agree with your assessment. I think the Niners are going to ha- uh, cover the spread. You know, they beat they they had a good, a good game. They played a lot better than I expected, but now they got the Niners, then the Bengals, and then the Eagles. And in the next four games, they got those three. Uh-huh. I think the league hates us, but anyway, uh, thanks for taking the call. I guess no one's calling in. They might. Yeah, be I don't know why. I guess nobody wants to talk fantasy football. I'm very disappointed because even though I don't play fantasy football, this was one of my favorite segments last year. And uh, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to participate, which is kind of a bummer for me because I like to do that on Wednesdays before we get to uh, Thursday night football. But that's the way it is. If people don't want to partake in the round table, then, you know, that's fine. But I, I appreciate you, Al, and I hope uh, you have a good week in your fantasy league. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thanks for taking the call. Have a good day. You do the same, my friend. Good stuff there from Al. If you want to get in on the program, uh, raise your hand. Uh, and we will do this uh, again. You got Minnesota and Philadelphia uh, week two in the National Football League. All right. And then your games uh, this weekend. And we go from early to late. You've got the Raiders are at Buffalo. Green Bay is at Atlanta. Baltimore travels to Cincinnati. You want to talk about a big game early in the season for the Bengals? They were so bad at Cleveland and they're at home against Baltimore. 
And Baltimore, of course, won their opener. Then you have Seattle at Detroit. Tennessee is at home to the Chargers. Chicago travels to Tampa. And if you want to talk about a, a coach and a team being in the hot seat early, if Chicago goes to Tampa and lose and starts off 0-2, oh, boy. Jacksonville at home against Kansas City. You've got the Colts are in Houston. Then your late game, San Francisco at the Rams, the Giants at Arizona, Dallas home to the Jets, Washington is at Denver, Sunday night football, Miami and New England and a doubleheader on Monday, New Orleans at Carolina, and Cleveland is at Pittsburgh. So there you have it. That is your week two schedule. And as far as Kansas City, you know, at Jacksonville, you know, this is another very interesting game. And when you look at Kansas City, Chris Jones is out of holdout, all right? But Travis Kelsey is still listed as questionable. He was officially limited at practice today. So there you have it on the Kansas City Chiefs uh, injury report. But week two, again, starting tomorrow. And, you know, Philadelphia without three key players, particularly two in the secondary, uh, could impact that game. Now, Last year, in the second week of the season, it was a Monday night. Minnesota went into Philadelphia. If you remember last year, Minnesota opened the season at home against Green Bay and looked very good in beating them. And then they went to Philadelphia and they got railroaded. They got destroyed. And I think they're going to have a lot of problems on a Thursday night in Philadelphia. I think they're going to have a lot of problems winning this game. I really do. I think Philadelphia will win this game. So, Week two, already beginning uh, tomorrow. All right. Hey, always good to have you right here on Listen App. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. My thanks to the folks that took the time to call and to Anita for promoting your book. We wish you the very best there. Old to Joy. Get it on Amazon and other places where you buy your books. Have a great one, everyone. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Until next time, Grant Napier saying so long. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.